This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 358 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Nancy. And this is the only podcast that says... They're morals. They're code. It's a bad joke. Dropped at the first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. You see, I'll show you. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. See, I'm not the monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. What is that from? It sounds familiar, though. It's the Dark Knight. Yeah, okay. It's the interrogation room. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, that quote's been making the rounds lately. Okay. You know, and usually, like, it's like, the, the what I've seen is, like, the people are like, it's Heath Ledger giving that, mm-hmm. that speech and it's superimposed on people fighting over toilet paper oh okay yeah yeah you know yeah 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 Yeah, i've seen it firsthand so yeah yeah so but i mean like that like it's like funny like the whole point of the dark knight was people are better than he thinks they are right you know he's really the one that's insane and the reality is maybe the joker's right all along maybe you know so so let, let's uh, f- first off, let's address the elephant in the room. You know, digging that at all? Wow, that's like a sweet tart overdose. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I love about them. No, that's like a straight up sweet tart. Yeah. Ooh. Nancy just took a hit from Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, I'm a monster gal, so yeah. That one was like, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying, way different flavor. Yeah, oh, yeah, much different than what you're I wasn't you're doing. expecting it that strong. Yeah. Yeah. So, elephant in the room, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the elephant in the room the is... elephant in the room? Where's the elephant? Well... She left. Well, the, ele- <laughs> the elephant in the room is technically not here. <laughs> okay. Um, you know... Yeah, I know what you're talking Yeah. You're trying to make light. I get yeah. it. But, um, you know, ba- based upon the situation that we're, we're all dealing with... Um, is that what it's called now, a situation? Yeah, I'm calling it a situation. <laughs> okay. Um... You know, the state of Pennsylvania, particularly Allegheny County, have imposed an, an 8 o'clock curfew for non-essential travel. Um, Which people are just obeying so well. Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're not going to get into that. But, um, but I mean, like, to, to the point, like, I mean, they, they are threatening to, like, you know, the National Guard and checkpoints and shit like that. Bring it. Yeah. You know, the, Nancy has paperwork that says, you know, she's an essential employee. I have his paperwork that says I'm an essential employee. Ian has paperwork that says he's an essential employee. This podcast did not provide any of that paperwork. No. no. <laughs> um, so I, I really felt like it, it was, one, based upon the curfew, it, 
I didn't want to put any, any of us, me or him, you know, getting pulled over and getting asked about where we're going, where we're coming from, shit like that. Uh, nobody needs that. And, and I don't want to see the police have better things to do right now than pull us over because we're out at 11, 12 o'clock at night just driving home from recording the show. And two, based upon the fact that all three of us are considered essential employees to making the world still function, um, and some of us, more than others, having a high risk of contracting the, the coronavirus, uh, I made a decision, and Ian agreed with it, that we're just going to put him on hiatus for a while as far as being on the show. Um which is a shame because, I mean, it's not like he lives that far away. You know, he's, he's just ten, 10 minute drive. <laughs> but um, I, I just feel if it's for our safety, for his safety, for his family's safety, um, and everything else that's involved with it. I, I just, I really felt like it was the right thing to do to just say, hey, we want to continue to do the podcast. I can do it with Nancy. You know, Nancy brings a lot to the table. Um, and we'll just put this whole thing on hiatus with Ian for a while. Uh, until this all blows over, and Ian's going to come right back, I'm sure, with plenty to say. I think a lot is exaggerating, but whatever. Well, like, here, here's something that does suck. Like, um, Star Trek Picard wrapped up this week, their first season. Hmm. And I would have, like, we both have been watching and talking about how much we've enjoyed it, and I'd love to have talked to him about that today. Oh, I didn't know he watched that. Yeah, he watches that and Discovery. Yeah, but that's you, something I don't watch. yeah, those are things you don't watch. Though. So, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, like, I enjoyed the hell out of it, but I can't really get into it like I'd like to because you're no going to be completely lost. Yeah, no clue. Yeah, not uh, interested. Unless it's directed by J.J. Abrams, you have no interest in Star Trek. No interest. Sorry. Yeah, making all sorts of noise. I'm there. sorry. Holy hell! I dropped my highlighter. You just okay. So, I'm nervous. I haven't been on in a while. Oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> but um, so I guess we we, we, we turn, you know, how, how how are you doing? Oh, I'm just uh, no, I'm not going to use that because I hate that. I'm just fantastic. You I get, know Ahsoka's feeling good today. Yeah. Ahsoka got a bath today. She sure did. She is this little like I hate to say it, but she is a little dirt bag. She is. I don't even know where she gets it. I don't know either because like like Dritz. It's funny, like, like Dritz is looking rough, but it's not from lack of effort. Like, he still tries. Yeah, he does. You know, he still makes an effort to try to keep up his... It's usually his just his face area, though. Right, but, like, his, like his fur on his back is looking kind of... Is it? You know, I'm not going to say rough, but you could tell, like, he's not taking care of it the way he used to. Yeah, but he's old. Yeah, well, he's old and he's blind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and half deaf. So it's like one of those things where, like, you know, he's he's making an effort. He's like getting the top of his head, and he's 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 getting, you know, his paws are still white. His, he, he cleans his paws. He cleans his uh, nether regions. Dipping it in the yeah, uh, dipping in the water. water <laughs> you know, his nether regions nice and clean yeah. apparently still. But um, like you know, like like his areas that he would normally get to, like his back, like he's just not taking care no. of it. And you know, I don't want to put him in the bathtub because no, no. I'm sure that'll freak him the fuck out. But I need to yeah, find like thing, a heart attack. Yeah, I need to find a way to like help, kind of help him out with the fur to keep him clean. Yeah, but how does she? She doesn't go outside. She doesn't no. go in the basement. I want to know where her hidey holes are so I can clean them. She and she just doesn't take care of herself. Mm. Like she, she's not like a cat that like like Dritz would spend hours. She takes care of herself, but she doesn't primp. 
Yeah. Like, Driss would spend hours yeah. working on himself. Like, she's like three licks and she's done. Yeah. Yeah, she's a, she's a lazy cleaner. Yeah. She's yeah, so, like, eh, I'm tired. Nap yeah. time. So she ends up being a little stinky. <laughs> she, she wasn't stinky. She just, her fur, she has to get a bath to get all that dead fur off yeah. of her. So we gave we gave her a bath Look today. How pretty she looks, all nice and shiny. Oh, she smells so good. She does smell good. As you do. Now I gotta I gotta brush her now that she's completely dry. Yeah. So it it it's kind of one of those interesting things where like you know, she does not enjoy being bathed at all. Oh, <laughs> no, and I don't care. Take better yeah. care of yourself. I am not gonna have a nasty cat. Yeah. So that was an experience and a half with with us. <laughs> the the look she was giving me. Oh. That was hysterical. The, the, the I posted it on Facebook. Yeah. The best part was, and you did post it to your Facebook page. Like, so, after it was all said that we were working on an entertainment center. Which, that's a whole other st- story. <laughs> yeah. But, we're, so, we're, we're putting this thing together, and you said, you know, she's she's peeking around the corner. It's just like this one eye peeking around the corner to see what we're doing. And that eye was like the eye of Sauron. It was just <laughs> evil. It had evil intent behind it. She was Angry. She was very. She she wasn't coming to us. She was just, and you could tell like, she's still like wet. Like her her, yeah. her fur still looked wet and and stuff. But she was just peeking around the corner, just one eye, like just like I hate you, motherfuckers. She was. You son of a bitches have to die. <laughs> she's just. She doesn't seem too angry right now. So. I mean, I fed her. Yeah. She eventually comes around, but it's like you know. Like, right now, she's still kind of like, you know, you're not going to beat me, you know, are you? <laughs> yeah. She knew what was going on, too. Oh, yeah. As soon as you... She's so, as soon as stairs. I cross that threshold into the yeah. bathroom, she's like, fuck yeah. this! <laughs> no! I think she had an inkling when you picked her up in the hallway. She was like, uh-uh. So. Yeah, what are you going to do? You got to be clean. Yeah. So, I did watch... I don't know if you know this or not, but apparently we have Showtime free to like April 19th. What? Yeah. Oh, I can watch the latest uh, season of Shameless. Why wouldn't you tell me that? I just forgot about it and just came up now. That would have been very helpful to know. Well, I mean, apparently it opened up this week. I just, like, I just found out, like, I think on Friday. But, um, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, because of the, uh, all the people that are quarantined and, and you know forced to stay home, we're offering Showtime free till April nineteenth. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, which is kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Um, I know AT and T's offering HBO free for a month. Um, so there are some some of these services are coming around. Um, these pay services are like you know, hey, let's uh, let's uh, let's offer our services for free. Yeah. Because of, you know, Why people, not? people being stuck at home. With the hopes that maybe you get hooked on stuff and then you end up maybe How about giving me it? my stores back? I would love that because yeah. they took it without permission. Like, nobody said, hey, I don't want stars anymore. And they were just like, here's this great Epics, which, by the way, is not great. Like Instead of stars. I'd rather have stars. Okay. I've always wanted stars. That makes me mad. You know, you know when it's going to hit me that I'm going to want stars? Stephen Amell is working on a new show with stars. And it's all about wrestling. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's called Heels. Huh. Because, you know, he's a big wrestling guy. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, but, um, get on that. Yeah. but uh, my stars back. And apparently, you know, one of, he's one of his best buds is Cody Rhodes. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. But, like, 
but his whole thing started like apparently he's like a big wrestling fan has been like his entire life and I guess like WWE or he approached WWE or they approached him or something and like he did a whole thing a few years ago with Cody I saw I remember him being on it yeah, or, yeah like, and it, like when and like a Oh, yeah, because I was still working at Kane when it happened. Yeah. Because me and What's-Her-Face would watch it on the clips. Yeah, and then, like, it reached its conclusion at SummerSlam. Yeah. Well, last year, la- not, la- not last, maybe, like, not last, not not May, it was, uh, it would have been, like, um, late August, early September, Labor Day weekend of 2018. That's when Cody put Cody in the Bucks put on the all the all win pay per view. And one of the matches was they got Stephen Armel to do a match against a guy. Yeah, you know, like they brought him uh, in. Yeah. Cause that was like a friends yeah. and family type of deal. It was like, like like everybody that was on that show was like friends friends with the guys who were who who did it. Like, cause it was a non promotion show. It was just like a, a bet. Like Dave Metzer said I don't think any any promotion other than the WWE could fill a 10,000-seat arena at this point. Oh. And Cody Rose was like, give me young, the Young Bucks, give me Kenny Omega, yeah. and I'll take that bet. And they filled a 10,000-seat yeah. arena. They sold out in like less than an hour. Yeah. So, but one of the one, but one of the matches on that show was they brought in Stephen Amell, and he was on with uh, he he, perf- he was on with Christopher Daniels. Well, he's really good with like the choreography and shit. So I mean, yeah. he's like a logical choice for that. Yeah, I mean, like you know, he he did a lot of his own stunt work on. On Arrow. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it made sense. And he's a fit guy. I mean, I've seen his exercise routines. Yeah. He's like freaking Superman up in there yeah. doing that shit. You're just like, whoa. Yeah. So the fact that he wants to do a show about pro wrestling. I'd watch it. I'd watch Oh, I mean, I like Stephen Amell. Like, one of the things I hate Why that... Why keep saying Amell? It's Amell. Amell. There's no R in there. I think there. I always think there is. No, it's Amell. Amell. I would, but I, I like I, I like <laughs> him as an actor. Funny when you say it like I know. That. I like him as an actor. Yeah. I, I liked him as, as Green Arrow and Oliver Queen. Like I, yeah. I, I enjoyed. Yeah, I should have not stopped watching. I can't remember why I stopped. It was too much. It, it was with that and the Flash. It got to be too yeah. much to watch. Yeah, and that's why I backed off. But someday I'll go back and finish watching what I didn't watch. And the whole Felicity thing got on my nerves a while. Yeah, like I, I was just like over her so much. Yeah, well, yeah. that continues the entire time. I know, so it's like, bleh. yeah. But now I can fast forward through. I have yeah. to watch that. But like, it's, but it, so it's like it's interesting. Like he's doing a show about pro wrestling, and like I'm intrigued to see like who else he brought in. Yeah. With that. When's that coming up? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to look and see. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's like if they're aiming for the fall and that might be pushed back now because a lot you know everything's kind of been put on hiatus. I just wonder when I'm going to be able to see my stars again. Oh, that's all. <laughs> okay. Some good movies on it right now. I want to see. Okay. Well, that Hollywood thing, whatever it is, with Brad Pitt and Leo DiCaprio. I want to see that movie. Okay. It's on stars. Well, here, here's the thing. I don't understand this. And maybe you can explain this to me because, like, this is one of those things I'm out of the loop on. What the? I don't know. Okay. But I see everybody talking about it on Facebook. Yeah, like, everybody... It's, I, I, apparently, it's like it's a... It's on net, Netflix. It's on Netflix. No, it's apparently you turn it's like, it on. It's, like, advertised. Yeah. And apparently, it's, like, a big, like, kind of, like, one of those true crime type of deals. Yeah. But it's, like, a six-episode th- thing. Yeah, I haven't looked into it yet. 
I don't know if maybe you knew what it was or what it was about. No, I'm but more like, jazzed because Ozark Season 3 just was given to right. us. So I'm like, I need to watch that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like everybody like talking about this, like, you know, Joe Exotic and shit. I'm like, who yeah. the fuck is this? I don't know. Why, why is this all, all over the place yeah, on my feed? I didn't feed? hear about it until I started yeah. seeing it on Netflix. But, like, everybody, like, everybody's talking. And, I mean, I guess it's probably, it's one of those things that would probably boom anyway because, like, true crime shit is very, very popular as it is. Yeah. But maybe it's popping even more so because everybody's at home. Yeah. You know, so every, everybody's fucking watching this thing. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm watching something else right now. Yeah. So I, gotta, I gotta get my Ozark on. Yeah. Because that shit is good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry. I turned my head. I know, I know but you're t- you do it a lot. I'm sorry. You, I will and, try not to. And you always talk about how you're soft-spoken and the microphone doesn't pick you up. Well, that's part of the reason why. You're... I'm not soft-spoken. I have a very big mouth. Okay. I'm German and Irish. They have big mouths. Yeah. Yeah, you know you're German and Irish. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Um. So anyway, getting back to... <laughs> In a roundabout way, getting back to what I was talking about. So we had stars free for... And I, I watched um, The Hunt for Red October again last night. Oh, the old man. Yeah, you said you didn't hear him. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I it was like, all these movies I haven't seen, I'm like, Hunt for Red October? I haven't watched that in forever. So I watched that. Mm. Still good. Mm. So good. Mm-hmm. I know. You, like, it, it has two strikes against it for you. It One, it's a political thriller. Yes. Which you're not into. Nope. And two, it has Alec Baldwin in it, who you don't like. Eh, I, it's not that I don't like him. I just would prefer not to watch him. Right. He's like my least favorite of all the Baldwins. Because, I mean, believe me, I've been trying to finish watching 30 Rock, and I know that's been out there forever and a day, but because of him, I stopped watching it because he just annoys me. But he's so good. He is, but he's annoying. Yeah. I, I like him as, like... And, like, on 30 Rock, the lead women that they put him with didn't work for me. Yeah. I can't see him with Selma Hyman. Like, oh. I No. Worst mashup in TV history. And then um, the other chick from The Hunger Games, whatever her name, the the, the Kevin Smith movies. Oh, um, Elizabeth. Yeah. No. There's yeah. no way in hell she would ever be with a guy like him. So it just didn't mesh for me. But everything else about that show is fantastic. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. It's just... There's just something creepy about him. I'm sorry. He's a creepy guy. He's my least favorite Baldwin. He's in a lot of stuff I like, though. No, he's in a lot of stuff, in general. He is. But, I mean, he was in Hunt for October, which I love. He's in Glenglary again, Ross, for like 10 minutes. But, boy, it's a good 10 minutes. The, the whole thing with Hunt for Red October, more more than him, is the political part. I, I just... I can't get it. Political shit is above me, and I don't have the concentration for it. Yeah. So it's just like, I'm not saying it's not a good movie because I seen it once and it looked like if I could understand some of it, it looked, you know, really good, but it just doesn't hold my interest. No. But I did watch that movie yesterday. What did I say the name of that was? The Upside. Yeah. The Kevin Hart. Yeah. Yeah. With um, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Like you wouldn't think Kevin Hart can do a role like that. But he can't. What are you doing? It's a chicken again. It's fine. But it's really, really good. Yeah. Like, he's, it's serious, but he still has humor in it. Right. 
It's it's good. Yeah. Like, they work well together. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it looked like a very interesting movie. I think he worked better with Brian Cranston than he did The Rock. And you know I love The Rock. But he, like, their banner back, so good. And I, just forget for a second that Nicole Kidman's in it because that wanted to make me want to throw up and turn it <laughs> off and leave. But I got past the fact she was in it because it's Brian Cranston. It was just so good. Yeah. It's very, very good. I recommend it. So, yeah, that's the, my latest movie. And the other movie I watched was The Wrath of Khan. Hmm. I think that's on Epics. Oh, uh, yeah. I think a lot of the Star Treks are on Epics. Yeah, because I, I also saw... Because it was like... I went back and forth for a minute. Because it, like, it was like Wrath of Khan, and then there was Star Trek 60 Undiscovered Country. Wrath of Khan, Star Trek 6. Wrath of Khan, Star Trek... Because Star Trek 6 is not a bad movie. It's, it's actually pretty good. And I was like, fuck, why am I even debating this? you got to go with Khan. I was going to say, that's, that would be the Star Trek movie I would watch Outside of J.J. Abrams. Yeah. I do like, go on. Yeah, I like them. I still rolled a tear, too. Really? Oh, oh. I mean, for, first off, like, there's this moment, and it's, like, great. Like, so, like, Spock saves the ship. Like, uh, spoiler alert, you know. <laughs> Spock. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's, that's funny to hear a spoiler alert from The Wrath of Khan. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a 35-year-old movie. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. If you alert. haven't seen it yet, you ain't ever going to yeah. see it. <laughs> But, you know, he saves the ship, and, you know, Sulu's like, we, we have power, and Kirk's like, hit it! And, you know, and the ship takes off, and, you know, the, the, the line explodes, and, you know, the, the, like, they do that great shot, like, as, as the line's exploding, like, the Genesis effect is taking, like, the, the Enterprise is just, like, full tilt boogie flying, you're just like, fuck yeah! Hmm. But, um, you know, Kirk gets on the, the, the speaker, he's like, Scotty! Job well done. Way to go. And McCoy comes over. He's like, Jim, get down here. And Kirk looks and then, you know, Spock's not at his station. And he goes running down to engineering and, you know, there's Spock and they got to stop him and everything. And finally Kirk, like, settles down. He goes and he hits the, the intercom button. He's like, Spock. And Spock hears him and he gets up and he stands up and he takes a second and he straightens his uniform. He's gonna to talk to his captain. Like, doesn't doesn't matter. You're on the brink of death. Doesn't matter. You can't see shit. Which, by the way, Nimoy plays perfectly because he like walks into a wall. Yeah. Like, and you're like, oh fuck. But like, he took a, the second to straighten his uniform to present himself to his captain, which I thought was like such a Spock thing to do. And then like, they have that conversation, and you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And, like right off the bat, like right then, I'm like, you know, misty eyed. <laughs> But then you get to the funeral of Spock. Yeah. And, like, you can say whatever the fuck you want about about William Shatner in his acting. And I'm not going to disagree with you. He's, he's not that great of an actor. I don't think you can call that acting. Yeah. He's, he's not a great actor by any stretch of the imagination. But that moment where he's talking about Spock and in, like, in all my travels, his soul was the most. And he gives that pause and he, like, chokes up. Like, human. And I'm just, like, done. Because that right then, that's... Scotty starts playing Amazing Grace and the bagpipe and the, the, the toot missile go. I mean, oh, I'm done. I'm fucking done at that point. But you know he ain't dead. I know, but still, it's it's like it, you live in the moment. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? It's like the same thing. No, it, I get you. You it's know what I mean? It's the same what, as what? It's the same thing as like, like watching Revenge of the Sith. Like, you can't help but roll a tear at the end of that. Like, when... 
like, you know what's going to happen. You know, everything is going to take place going forward. What's going to happen with Anakin and becoming Vader and everything, everything else that happens. But that moment where Obi-Wan is just like, you were the chosen one. You know, like, you were my brother. You know, just like, fuck. Like, you, don't, you know this was the last thing Obi-Wan wanted to fucking do. You know, and you and McGregor, you know, one of the best actors yeah. in the world, like, just, like, nails that shit. Yeah. Just nails it. It makes you feel like Obi-Wan's like, I didn't want to fucking do this, and you forced me to. Why? I had the high ground. Yeah. You know, like, it, it was, like, so... Like, it's shit like that that, like, you know... Even, like, at the beginning of the first Star Trek movie with, um... That J.J. Abrams did. Oh, okay. The very beginning of that kills me with Helmsworth playing... Kirk's dad. Uh-huh. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. But, like, that moment where, like, he's on the bridge of that ship, he's going to... He, he's sacrificing himself, not just to save everybody else, but to save his wife and newborn child, who he only gets to hear cry for just a second yeah. before he dies. It just crushes yeah. me. Yeah, that's sad. Like, it crushed me. Like, the first time we saw the movie in the theater, I was weeping. Yeah, no, me too. Because I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that is very sad. Yeah. So, like, it's shit like that. Like, even though, like, years later, I know what's going to happen. I know what's ahead of me. I know what's behind me. It doesn't matter. Like, those moments, you just live in that moment, and you let the emotion take you over, in my I opinion. I agree with you. I'm not Yeah, but you're it. just like, but you know he's alive. Well, yeah, but... Well, I didn't know if that was why you were crying or not. No, I just live in that emotion. Because, you know, Spock dying would be like... Well, Spock dying was yeah. like that. Yeah. It was a very sad thing if you are into that. Yeah. I thought I mean, that's why you were crying. I, I don't care how many times I'm ever going to watch Avengers Endgame. Any time, when I get to that moment where I hear Cap on your left, I'm going to immediately start bawling. Yeah. I'm just, it's just going to happen yeah. every fucking time for the rest of my life. When I get to that moment, I am going to start crying. Well, I still cry over E.T., so I get it. Yeah. I still cry at Toy Story. Yeah. The oh, one, to- Toy one. Story 3. Yeah, that one. <laughs> like, I still cry over stuff like that, so yeah. I understand what yeah. you're saying. I like, mean, I, I still cry over Titanic, and you know you knew what was, you know, yeah. before you even watched it, but it's just because it's like, that actually happened, so you can like... Yeah. Yeah, so I get it. Well, I mean, I yeah, the band, the, the, the band continues to play yeah, and everything. Exactly. Yeah, like that, that's the stuff that pulls at you. Like, Jack and Rose, I can give two shits about. It's like, everything else that happens... Well, actually, no, I did care that Jack didn't make it, so don't say that. <laughs> well, I didn't. Like, <laughs> Jack and Rose is, like, the least of my problems. Oh, come like, on. When she, like, goes in his hand oh, and he goes down. Oh, my God, that is no- so sad. Did nothing for me. Oh, like, the, the only benefit I no got... out why you're single. The only benefit I got out of the Jack and Rose storyline was I got to see her naked. <laughs> oh, my God. Take that back. That was it. Oh my god! Like everything else, I, I could do with that. Like, but like the stuff that like really happened on the Titanic, like the whole thing with um, fucking the band playing as the ship is sinking, and like, like the, the the panic and everything else. Like that's the stuff that brought me. Let, let's not get into a Titanic argument, okay? okay? Because that was just rude. I'm sorry. Rude. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Mr. Rudeness over here. Yeah. So that's what I've been up to. That's my deal. Okay. Well, I've been working, so you've been yeah. up to more than I well, have been. <laughs> so, so have I. 
Yeah, but you get a relief. Well, yeah, in a way. Yeah. Because um, I, I'll be working from home temporarily. Asshole. I, I wish I could work from home. I wish you could, too. I really do. Yeah, yeah well, I can't. I know. So, there's a couple of bits of news here to cover. Stuff I found interesting. Um, oh, boy. David Harbour. I don't know if you know who he is by name. No clue. Um, he, he plays the, the sheriff on uh, Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, I like him. Yeah. What's his name? I'm talking about I can't remember the sheriff's name from Stranger Things. Oh, my Things. God. I heard Win- Winona Ryder say it a million times. Yeah. But anyway, um, he also played Hellboy. When? I thought What's-His-Name played Hellboy. Well, remember, he, they, they rebooted it last year. Remember, I was all excited. I went to go see it in the theater. Came home and told oh, you how fucking awful yeah, it was. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Like, I wanted to see this movie. It was fucking bad. Yeah, I remember you telling me that because I said I don't want to go. Yeah. Because you're, you're not a Hellboy fan to begin with. Nah. And, like, I was like, even though it was David Harbour, and again, you were like, who the fuck is David Harbour? Yeah, and once I explained it to you, you're like, yeah, no, that's still not enticing yeah, enough. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So, I don't think Sebastian Stan would make me go see him. Well, well, Jared Leto might. Yeah, Jared Leto and anything would. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> if if Jared Leto sat on a chair, naked, that had no Ooh. bottom, and just dropped a deuce right there on the screen, you would still pay good money to see it. Yes. Yeah, I know you would. <laughs> While he read the phone book. <laughs> yeah. Not out loud. Do they exist? Yeah, they still exist. <laughs> So anyways, not out loud. Not out loud. Just like to himself. Like just sat there like he was on the toilet. But like his poops just fall on the floor. And he's just reading the phone book. Like it's like some art project. Yeah. It probably would be with him. Yeah. So anyway, so David Harbour, he was in this Hellboy reboot. And um and as I said, it really sucked. So David Harbour, I don't know. Where he, he like, on Instagram, David Harbor opened up about the film's failure, saying, "I think it failed before we began shooting, because I think that people didn't want us to make the movie, and for some reason, there was like a big Guillermo del Toro and Ron Perlman created this iconic thing that we thought we could renovate or re, we, that could be reinvented, and then and they certainly the loudness of the internet, we do not want you to touch this." And then we made a movie that I think is fun. I think had its problems, but was a fun movie. And then people were just very, very against it. And that's people's right. But I learned my lesson in a lot of different ways. No, I I hate, like, I get, like, at a certain point, you have to defend your work. Okay? Even if it's shit? Even if it's, like, if you're doing a promotional tour for something... Even though you think a movie's bad, you've pretty much got to say, yeah, I think it's a pretty good movie. I think people will enjoy it. Because you want people to buy, to sell tickets. You know? Right. The more people go see your movie, the more money you make on the next one. Right. I get it. Very few people ever come out and said, don't see this movie. It is a piece of trash. I did it for the paycheck. Hmm. Surprisingly enough, Bill Cosby was one of those people. Yeah. 
But I mean, like you know, <laughs> I don't remember it, so I'm trying to think. Excuse me. Seriously? Yep. That's unprofessional. It is. Um, it was. Oh, it was a. I don't. I don't care. I yeah. don't care anything about him. So. So. It doesn't but, matter what it was. And I, I think the other one was. Um, oh God, I can't, I can't remember his name. The guy who played Alfred in the Dark Knight trilogy. Michael Caine. Yeah. Yeah, with Jaws: The Revenge. Oh, okay. And he's like, yeah, it's a bad movie. It paid for one of my houses. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was like Michael. I like Caine. him. Michael Caine's a good guy. Yes. He's good people. Yeah, I like him. But um, but David, like, this is a year later. You're a year later. This movie tanked. It's been a year. It's been a year. Wow. This movie tanked horribly. Huh. But yet you're still kind of defending it, and I just. Like, as somebody who paid money to go see it, David Harbour, let me tell you, it was a piece of trash, and I wanted it to be good. I was rooting for I you. you were. You were excited to go see that. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to see Hellboy. I said, Hellfan. Yeah. <laughs> Don't save a seat for me, and you get your popcorn all to yourself this time. <laughs> yeah, like, I was I was very excited to see this movie. I was rooting for David. Because I like David Harbour. I thought, wow, his it's a, it'll be a different take on Hellboy, but I think, like, David Harbour... The actor can pull that off, and he didn't do a bad job with it. But overall, that movie stunk. Oh, I'm sure he still, you know, he was a good actor in it, but yeah, that he's not writing and producing it either. Right. And overall, it was a bad Excuse fucking me. movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you've said that several times. Yeah. So like, it drives me nuts. When it, but it drives me nuts. It's like I get it, like initially you got to defend your movie. You got to say like, hey, it's a really good movie. Give it a shot. I don't care what the what the viewers are saying. Give us a look, buy a ticket. But at this point, a year later, you know when it's for when it's available on like HBO, just give it up, my man. Or one of those channels that is a movie channel, but still has a couple commercials in it. Yeah. 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 You, you yeah. When it's on year, Tubi. Yeah. A year later, you know yeah. that's pretty bad. Yeah. So like, I'm, you can get it in a three dollar bin at Walmart right now. Yeah. So, but that <laughs> might, like, I, I just I don't understand why he's like like. I think in a way he's right. Like there were a lot of people who didn't like, and they want to see Del Toro finish the trilogy, which will never be done. Mm. But at the same time, like if you look at like the Hellboy movies as a whole, like never have never done spectacular at the box office. The the, the two get by Guillermo Del Toro as beloved as they are, they have a huge cult following, barely made any money. Yeah, like they didn't do that. Like I think the second one, it was like. Made for a hundred million and it made a hundred and sixty at the box office. Mm-hmm. You know, how much did they cost to make? Like, did they even make their money back? No, I don't think they did. I so mean, that's th- when you know it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me look. That's a good question. Um, let me look that up here real quick. Okay. Are you IMDb being it? I am. Yes. That was a plug for IMDb. <laughs> yeah. Internet Movie Database, for those who do not know, that's what it stands for. All right, so let's see here. Um, so, it was made for $50 million. Opening weekend, it did $12 million. And its worldwide gross was $44 million. Oh, shit. So no, even with money. worldwide gross, they lost a ton of fucking money. Wow, you know that, that 50- would be enough not to finish the trilogy. Well, that, that but that was the David Harbor one. 
like if you go back, if you if if, if you look at the um, so Hellboy two, the Golden Army, that was made for eighty five million. Uh, its weekend gross domestically was thirty four million, and its worldwide gross in total was one hundred and sixty eight million. So it made back its it doubled its money, but still like for a comic book movie. At that time period, it should have made two or three hundred million dollars. Yeah, you know, it just barely. It, you know, it, it after you throw in everything that you have to, like with the advertising and stuff, you probably made any money, right? You know, and it's the same with the original Hellboy. Um, it had a, a budget of sixty-six million. Its opening weekend gross was twenty-three million. And its overall worldwide gross was $99 million. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, these, these aren't movies that, like, they're not big movers to begin with. Like, it's very much a cult following of people who watch these movies. And yes, I do think a lot of people didn't go see this movie because, out of protest, because they want Del Toro and um, Perlman to finish that trilogy, which... Has shown isn't that great of a moneymaker either. Right. You know, but I, I have to say to David Harbour, you made a bad movie. Yeah. Like, I was I was rooting for it. you, my friend. Yeah. I was right there rooting for you, and you made a bad fucking movie. I wish you'd just admit that. Well, I mean, he's going down from Stranger Things and how popular that is, so give the guy a little break there. Yeah. I, I mean, I am, because, I mean, I, I thought he did well as Hellboy. I liked, I liked a lot of what he brought to the character. But it was just, it wasn't that good of a, I mean, it was just a bad movie. And that, that just drives me nuts. Like, what, what drives me nuts about it is, is like, you're still defending it and you shouldn't be. Right. Like, let it go. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the other bit of news that caught my interest. Do you remember the old video game Dragon's Lair? It sounds familiar. It was a cartoon, actually. Written, it was like done by Don Blue's company, um, but you know it was like you were a, a dark to daring, you were a knight, and your actions moved the cartoon character around from scene to scene, and depending on how you know you did, you more likely died. Yeah, you know, but it was like this. Was there really dragons in it? I can't remember. Yeah, there was. There was a dragon in it. You had to save the princess from the dragon. Oh, maybe I do remember it. Yeah. So, this was like an 80s video game. It was ahead of its time. And um, Netflix has procured the rights to make a movie based on this. And they're working with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, God. Again, another one with him? Yeah. Who will be the lead lead character, Dirk to Daring. Oh, my God. This, to me, is a match made in heaven. This is glorious. I could just see... Like that Ryan Reynolds, like if you let it go, like if you really let him go, like that Rye, Ryan Reynolds, like wit, that dry, that dry wit of his just works perfectly for that. Yeah. You know. I'd have to go back and look at that because I can't remember. But I mean, there's a lot of things that I see that I'd be like, ah, oh, he'd be perfect for this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like in the like in the in the 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 car, in the arcade game, the character never talked. Yeah, but it was like the animation was like that Dawn Blue style, yeah, you know what right. I mean? Um, 
but like it, you know, it always died horrible deaths. <laughs> you know, like you trip a trap and end up like ducked in acid. You got fire yeah. breathing. Yeah. Yeah, it ended up like dragon burning your head off. Yeah, so it was always crazy shit like that, and then you know you'd have this horrible death. Um, but this like made a ton of sense. I was like, wow, I, 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 I actually have paid good money to see this. It's gonna be on Netflix, though. Even yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. isn't he have something else he just put on Netflix? I know he did that movie with Michael Bay, at Underground Six, which is very Michael Bay. Okay, yeah, yeah. I seen the preview for that. That's right. I want yeah. to see that. Yeah. Yeah, like it's like just shit blowing up every thirty seconds. That's okay. It, it's a glorious Michael Bay movie. <laughs> like, I'm, like, you know. I'm okay with shit blowing up every like, thirty. I watch Fast and Furious. I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. There, there's a lot of shit blowing up, and there's a lot of like. Fast cut chase scenes. So yeah. you have no fucking clue what's going on, yeah. but you just know it looks cool as shit. Right. You know, that's a, that's that's Michael Bay. Yeah, I was going to say, it's Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like Michael Bay. I, I like Michael I, Bay I, I too. I'm going to get a lot of action when it's a Michael Bay film. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I love a good Michael Bay movie. Yeah. Like, when, a good one. Yeah. Like, or just anyone. Yeah. Like, Transformers Five, not so <laughs> not much. Not so good. Not not so good. Not so good. But uh, like Transformers Two, not so good. But you know, you you give me Bad Boys. Yeah. I'm right there with that shit. <laughs> yeah. I do you like give me it. Armageddon. I, I am right there with that shit. I'm even okay with Bad Boys Two. Aren't they coming out with another one? Yeah, well, they did. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to see it. I think it came out in February. Right before, yeah, yeah, yeah. The world ended. <laughs> what was that? You're uh, like an eagle. Yeah, right before the I'm world flapping ended. Flapping my wings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I love a good Michael Bay yeah. movie. Like you know, I even watched like I just watched not too long ago Pearl Harbor for some ungodly reason. Oh my god. Yeah, it's an awful film, but boy, does it look beautiful. Like, really, I've never seen it. Well, I mean, it, it, is this the Ben Affleck one? Yeah. Oh, that's why I've never seen it. Yeah, but the, that's the but the problem is it's like okay, is that. Josh Hartnett, it's got Ben Affleck, it's got, you know, I can't remember who the, who the woman is. You know, and it's this love triangle. It's, it's very Titanic-esque until you actually get the, the, the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. Then it becomes a great movie. Oh, so I can watch it. I just have to fast forward through all the bullshit. Yeah. What's that other one that's about kind of sort of related to Pearl Harbor that just came out that I want to see? That has, Midway. Yeah, I want to see that one. But there's also another one. The, the, is it 1917 or what is Not 1917. 1917, yeah. Yeah, I want to see that too. Yeah. You, don't give me your horse shit. God. You're like a terrible teacher that's always yelling at me because I'm in the back of the classroom. Well, I want you to be heard. I never raise my hand, sir. Okay, whatever. They can hear me, believe me. No, they can't. I'm sorry. I got the headphones on. I can't barely hear uh, you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know why you wear headphones. You look so, weird. So I can hear what's going into the system so that I can tell, like, okay, so I can say, yes, you need to sit up and talk and speak into the microphone. No, I just, I wanted to lean back because my back hurts. So okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize to you. A lot of stuff going on the last couple of days. I understand. All right, so... so Moving forward. Moving forward. That's um, nobody wants to hear us argue. No, they don't. I don't even want to hear us argue. Neither do I. <laughs> so, because the world's coming to an end, and you know there is so few actual news to, to share, um, something we're going to be doing we periodically, no, maybe a lot peeking. of time. I'm not peeking. You were peeking. I, I don't have my glasses on. I can't even see that far. 
I can't either. Okay. But you got like all this blue black background. I can't. Is that on the paper? Or is that yeah. something that leaked through? No, that's on the paper. You bought this for me. I'm gonna go forward, so I'm not looking at. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, you bought that. You bought that yeah. notebook for me. You do realize that? No, I buy so much stuff for you. I can't remember. Okay. Go ahead. So anyway, we're gonna do a top five list. Top five. Yes, I know many other podcasts do top fives, and. While no, we're not ripping them off. Yes, we're ripping them off. <laughs> Take that how you see it. So, again, much like last week, we're going to do two completely separate top fives. Um, so I have no idea what Nancy's top five is. She I thought is. you did top ten. We did top tens last week. I'm taking your advice. Top ten seems to go on too long. Yeah. Um, you like the monologue. I a like lot. the monologue a lot. <laughs> I'm a talker. I'm, not, I'm just saying that top ten is too much. It is too much, so I'm taking your advice and, lo- and dropping it to five. Thank you for taking my advice. You're welcome. I so, appreciate that. So why don't you go first? Oh, me? Yes. And tell us your top five list. All right. Well, I want to give an explanation first. By all means. My top five, what it's going to be is from... Um, my top five soundtracks for movies. Okay. Now, these are movies that I have seen, okay. not out of the whole entire movie world. Okay. This is not judged on anybody else's list or Hollywood or anything. This is my top five, ten, or top five soundtracks, I almost said ten soundtracks, for movies, for soundtracks. I own the music or have bought these and listened to on a okay. regular basis. Right, okay. Okay, so I don't want anybody saying, that's a terrible soundtrack. That's not even a... This is my top five list. Okay. So the first one, and we're going from five? Yeah. I'm on five. And I do have a couple honorable mentions just to let you know at the end. Okay. Um, I'm going with Saturday Night Fever. Okay. That that makes... I mean... Yeah. I mean, it's it's considered one of the all-time... It's one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. Well... One of the reasons is because I was brought up on that soundtrack. My right. mother had the album. She constantly played it. And I like the Bee Gees. Yeah. I, I, I still listen to the I still listen to it. And you got to admit, a lot of these songs were really good songs. Like, um, Staying Alive, Night Fever, If I Can't Have You. But it also had, like, Casey and the Sunshine Band and Cole and the Gang and stuff yeah. like that. But the main focus was the Bee Gees. And it was right. good music for that era and that movie. Right. No, that, that makes sense. I'm not going to deny that. That's, that's a fine choice, and I, I, I don't think like anybody like staying alive is like one of those songs that's off of that soundtrack. That's like everybody fucking knows it. Yeah. You know, um, but there's also what's the slow song? The um, if I can't have you more than a woman. More than a woman. Yeah. Yeah, like more than a more than a woman's like an amazing song. Yes. Like I'm not a huge Bee Gees fan. But like I can admit, like "Staying Alive" is an amazing song, and, and more than a woman, that's just phenomenal work. Well, more importantly, when you're watching a movie and you're watching John Travolta dance to these musicals, oh song, yeah, oh my yeah. god, I mean, yeah, I mean that adds to it, obviously. Oh, god. But you know, but I think those two songs in particular just, have always stood out to me from that soundtrack. Yeah. But that's um, that's my that would be my number five. Okay, that's a fine, that's a fine choice. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I can't wait to see where this goes. I'm hoping I know what your number one is. <laughs> but, like, between now and then, I'm intrigued to hear what's in the middle of this. Because, like, <laughs> staying alive like, is one of the all-time greatest soundtracks yeah. ever. So the fact that you have it at five is shocking. I thought that would be much higher on your list. Mm-hmm. 
But I'm intrigued to hear what's in between. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's... Uh, I'm sure you know it. If you had to guess my number one, you probably would guess it. Yeah. But you're not going to guess it. Don't guess it. I won't. All right. So what is your top five list about, and what is your number five? We're, we're just going to go through yours first. Completely. No! We're yes. going to go back and forth. You want to go back and forth? Yes. Okay. I find that more interesting. Okay. Well, my top five list is my top five favorite books or series of books. <gasps> I almost did that one. Oh, wow. Well. But I don't think you would be interested in my books. Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure you're not going to be all overly interested in, in my books, but... It would be hard for me to narrow down a V.C. Andrews book, so... Yeah. That wouldn't be where I would fail. Right. I get that. So... But you did say or series, so... Yes. And that's why, because, like, my first, my number five is a series called The Legacy of the Drow. Mm-hmm. It's a series of four books. These are Dritz books. Mm-hmm. Um, the Legacy... Starless Night, Siege of Darkness, and Passage uh, to Dawn. I'm actually surprised that's number five, considering you named your cat over the main character. No. So how's that number five in your life? Well, I mean, you'll... <laughs> I you'll, find that a little odd. You'll see. A little peculiar. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, out of all the, the drits... And, and R.A. Salves were always in a series of, like, three or four books. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a series that... It's like... Dritz is paying for his sins against the Underdark, you know, mm-hmm. and like the Underdark is rising up, and they, you know, it's a very interesting series that I like a lot, and it, it's it's one of the first times like I read a, I read a series of books where like you really thought main characters could die, yeah, you know, like you were thought like you know anybody and everybody could be in mortal jeopardy in these books, mm-hmm. you know, and Salvador had no problem doing that. And, but this is like the first series that he did where you really like, you're like, oh shit, okay, because this is the third series of books he did about Dritzd. And so there's like, right off the bat, like one main character gets gets killed in the first book. You're like, holy shit. How many books has he written about Dritzd? Um, I think he's well into the 20s at this point. Hmm. Like, unfortunately, I've lost track of them. But like, and I'd love to go back and collect them all, mm-hmm. um, and reread them, and that's a tough task because yeah. <laughs> you know, because there's so many. When there's so many, I know and, that. Yeah, yeah hey, and I collect the VC Andrew one. Yeah. You know how hard it is to actually go back and read them then. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I, I hear you. But it's it's a it's a great series of books. It's not if like, if I was to recommend a series to start with, this wouldn't be the one I'd recommend you start with. Because there's so much from the other two series that you have to know before you get to these. Yeah. But this is like really like to me like the first time he ties up like the te- all ten books. Like this is like it really all ties together. So highly recommend. I highly recommend if you but you know read the first two series first. Okay. I probably never will, but thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what is your number four number soundtrack of all time? four soundtrack of all time is Footloose. Footloose, okay. Footloose. Because I love me some Kenny Loggins. Well, don't we? We all love some K-Log. Yeah. I mean, the, the one I like is that one, I'm Free. Yeah. Everybody likes Footloose. I yeah. like I'm Free. But I'm, I'm Free is a great song. It is a very Heaven Helps song. the Man. Yes. Yeah. And I know you're a big 
K-Log fan because of Top Gun, but I'm more of the Footloose kind of Kenny Log. Footloose. I'm down with the Footloose soundtrack very much so because of the K-Log and also... Because Bonnie Tyler. Bonnie Tyler, yeah. Holding on for a hero. But you also have other ones like Quiet Riot, Foreigner, John Mellencamp, Mike Reno, Ann Wilson. Right. I mean, it's a great soundtrack. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't believe... Hold on. I can't believe you just said Mike Reno made a good song. Well, only because Ann Wilson sings it with him. Because I know how much you hate Mike Reno. I know I hate Mike Reno, but it's Ann Wilson! For those who don't know... <laughs> oh, God. Nancy has a deep-rooted <laughs> hatred for all things Loverboy. I hate Loverboy. Like, it's, like, unhealthy. Yeah. Like, to the point, like, if I... If listening to Loverboy on my headphones... Mm-hmm. She knows it gives me a dirty <laughs> yeah, look. I just like, hate. I loathe. I used to use it as a password because I knew I'd never forget it. Yeah. And <laughs> like so Mike Mike Wilson or Ugh. Mike Wilson. Jeez. God almighty. But Mike Greeno. Mike Greeno is the um he, he's the lead singer of Lover Boy. So the fact that she's yeah. giving any props to anything he's <laughs> it's ever only done. Only because of Van Wilson. Yeah. I you can't go wrong with Ann Wilson. No, but. you cannot go wrong with Ann Wilson. Um the um, what was I gonna say? I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> okay, so oh, it's the same as that that whore that I can't stand. Slut. What's her name? Sheena Easton. Yes, whore. Urgh. Can't stand her. <laughs> it's only because she married Don Johnson's character on Miami Slut. Vice. Slut. She was later murdered. <laughs> yes. You're the only person who celebrated that. I did. And she was pregnant, too. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I was high-fiving the murder. High-five, Baldy. I can't remember who the guy was that played him, but yeah. yeah. What's interesting is, speaking of soundtracks, like, there was that episode where Tubbs and Crockett f- freed him. Yeah, and there was a song, like every time, like it, like because Tubbs didn't want or Crockett didn't want to do it. Like mm-hmm. he was like he's got to be put away, and because he was like on death row or something. That's why he was bald. No, he thought he was innocent, and he helped get him out. Right, but he said something to him that proved at he, the end of it right. that made him right. know that he actually is guilty. Yeah, but at the end, of, like th- throughout that series, uh, throughout that episode, they kept playing this song by Peter Gabriel called "We Do What We're Told." Yeah. And it's like it's like, that's like a really good that's song. That's on my playlist. Yeah, it's like a really really good song, and like like every time they they play that song, and like just, we do what we're yeah, it just kept repeating itself. And like you just see Crockett was just like yeah, and then they went into the yeah. next episode. That's funny you said that because I got a my whole I have one whole entire playlist that is all Miami Vice music. Yeah, that doesn't. But I'm not me. doing soundtracks of TV. I'm doing right. soundtracks of movies. Right. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. All, all that music was is just like the music of my life. Yeah. Growing up, not now. Right. Number four number for you. F- number four. It's a book called Swan Song by Robert R. McCarran. Hmm. I will tell you now, this book is nothing more than a ripoff of The Stand. Oh, really? Really? <laughs> really? Okay. I mean, it, but it's your number four. But it's my number four because it's a better version of The Stand. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the whole premise is... That, you know, there's a nuclear war, okay, mm-hmm. and the survivors of the nuclear war 
or forming communities and stuff like that. And like Swan, the main character, you know, there's a supernatural element to all of this. You know, there's the shapeless man. There's the villains. There's the the good guys. There's all this these kind of groups that end up coming together at the end. But like Swan is like the the whole the key to everything. Mm-hmm. Like at one point, like she falls over from exhaustion and she puts her hand on a tree, and the tree suddenly begins to sprout. Like it, where her where she put her hand, it like healed the tree, and the tree begins to to grow again. Like it's like this very weird. It's a very it's a very cool book. When when you talk about like a post apocalyptic supernatural type of deal, like the stand was, mm-hmm. but it, to me it was always a better version of it. It came out after the stand. It's clearly a ripoff of the stand. I don't care what anybody tries to say. It's clearly a ripoff of the stand. Yeah. But like it's told so well, and I like I like the story that that McCarran tells better than the Stephen King version. Because one, he does it in about half the pages. Yeah, <laughs> you know. What I was going to say is it's a bigger book than yeah. the stand. It, 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 it's it's like a nine hundred and eighty page Holy book. Shit. I mean, it's a big book, but like the stand is like like twenty four hundred pages or something. It's like a, it's it's a Bible, right? You know, it's monstrous. It's it's intimidating to even look at. Hmm. You know, but he, so he tells the story. He tells it in about half the time, but <laughs> I mean, he tells it really well. Like I I just I really enjoy it. It's like like it's at one point like these like. Things are growing over people's faces, and nobody knows what they are. And then when you reach a point where they they crack open, mm-hmm. and what it ends up doing is revealing who you really are. Mm-hmm. So like the good guys end up being like beautiful, and like the villains, like their faces are all wretched, and like it's it's really cool. Too bad that couldn't happen in real life. At a certain point in your life, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So there'd be a, there'd be a lot of wretched people walking around. Yeah. So like I I like I like I like Robert Robert Karen. He's done other books I like, like uh, Stinger is a really good book, and uh, The Wolf's Hour. Hmm. The Wolf's Hour is like that takes place during World War II with a werewolf. Kind hmm. of a cool concept. Uh, Stinger was a, like one of the, it's kind of like a, a predator type deal where like this alien ship lands in this little town in Texas and puts a dome over it, and hmm. you know it's like it's a very cool alien type predator type movie. It's a, it, a book. It was like really well. He's a really good writer. Like I always liked reading his stuff he also did a great short story that ended up being adapted to a twilight zone um episode where this this nom vet he falls like he's trying to stay awake he's trying to stay awake and he's in this little cafe and you know the local badass sheriff is like you know or the deputy's like you know what are you doing boy and you know making fun of him for going to nom and being a chicken or something but it turns out like whatever was happened to him in nom whenever he falls asleep the things that he dreams about come to life and of course all he dreams about is nom mm-hmm. so like he like he gets knocked out and he goes into a dream state and the next thing you know the Viet Cong are coming up from behind the cars in the parking lot mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like a really fucked up they're trying to wake him up and they can't wake him up because they know once he wakes up it'll go away it's like a really cool short story but they, they adapted it into like a a Twilight Zone episode. Huh. Yeah. Like, it was really cool. It was really well done. Didn't Steve Carell kind of make a movie like that? Welcome to something with these little guys that come to life for him? Yeah, but that was more along the lines of like him coping with being bullied. Oh, uh, okay. Because like, he was attacked. Mm. 
and like so he he found refuse and because he was a photographer it wasn't he was i can't remember what he was but he like but he ends up like using his photography with these dolls and stuff to to cope with action figures action figures yeah so i don't think you'd appreciate you calling gi joe's dolls yeah so that's my number four okay what's your number three soundtrack Oh, um, my number three soundtrack, I'm sorry, I got distracted for a second, um, would be Pretty in Pink. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Has a lot of great music on it. Yeah, I it's... wrote down a few. Psychedelic Furs, obviously, who doesn't like them? Mm-hmm. New Order, because they actually have three songs on that. Yeah. Um, the Thompson Twins did that, If You Were Here, which a lot of people didn't even realize that was the Thompson Twins, because it doesn't sound like the Thompson yeah. Twins. And then OMD, Echo and a Bunny Man, uh, Barry Manilow, because <laughs> it got Cobra Cobra Van yeah. in it, um, NXS, and Nick Kershaw. So, I mean, it's got a lot of good music on it. It also has that Otis Redding song on it that everybody loves, that he uh, oh. does his little dance to in the in the record store. That is yeah. such a great scene. <laughs> it is. Like, that alone should have won Ducky over. I know, yeah. But it didn't. Yeah. And he's like, do I smell? <laughs> or no, do I offend? That's yeah. what he said. Yeah, so, I mean, but a lot of that stuff you were listening to um, on the rate, well, if you listen to that type of music, so when that movie came out, you were like, oh, shit, there's yeah. more music in this movie, you know? And it's great 80s movie music, especially New Order and Psychedelic Furs. I'm sorry, excuse me. And, and it was the first time I ever heard Echo and a Bunny Man, and yeah. I was, fell in love with them right then and there. Oh, yeah. I was like, holy shit, who are they? Yeah. And back then there was no, let me look that up. Yeah. You actually had to go figure out who these people were. Yeah, like you had to watch the movie all the way to the end, mm-hmm. watch through the credits, yep. and like, okay, that's yeah, the song. Yeah, that's yeah. the oh, I gotta look gotta them up. Write it down. Yeah. Write it down. Go to the music store. Have you ever seen this? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, or you're just buying the soundtrack. Yeah, because sitting yeah. and listening to Casey Kasem's top 100. Yeah, you yeah, weren't getting yeah, that yeah, in the bunny. You weren't getting that in the bunny. No, so, no, or New Order or any of that. So. So it was just a really good soundtrack. Yeah, really good '80s soundtrack, I should say. No, absolutely, I agree. Like, I, I, I can't, I can't fault that. I'm, I'm not. I shouldn't say I'm surprised that it's there. Um, I should have thought of that. I, but it's like one of those things where you're right. Like, I mean, you, you want to talk about like the soundtrack of the '80s? That that's quite possibly it. You know that 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 soundtrack right there is like. If you were that like into that style of music, that mm-hmm. that new wave synth pop, whatever you want to call it, that was it. Like, and like, I don't know who put that soundtrack together, but they were a fucking genius. Yeah, yeah. You know, because all that music fit. Like, e- even the Otis Redding song, like you know, as as weird as it is to have it like you know in there, like it, it works so well with that movie. Like, all that music works so well with that movie and everything about it. Well, the scenes that. You yeah. hear them and it works well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, I don't know who put that soundtrack together. Who was who was the music supervisor on that movie? But, you know. Well, even the stuff that was like orchestral stuff, it was New Order doing it. So yeah. it was like, yeah. oh my God, they don't just sing. They yeah. actually create music, you yeah. know? So, but I knew of New Order before that came out because I was a New Order fan. So I was yeah. like, holy crap, listen to this now. Yeah. You know? That's like when you find that like, the, the soundtrack to the movie Dune was done by Toto. <laughs> was it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's like one of those weird things yeah. you're like, fucking Toto? I had a cassette <laughs> tape of Toto one time. Yeah. Like, and it are, wasn't even like their popular one. 
they're like an odd band that like doesn't get much love, but like yeah. when you hear their songs, like oh shit, that was good. Yeah. But like it was like Toto. Yeah, you would see it, and you're like Toto did that. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember like being in the movie theater, and it was like soundtrack by Toto, and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, that's weird. And it was a David Lynch movie. <laughs> you know, so on top of everything else, like it was like Queen doing the soundtrack to the fl- to Flash Gordon. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I'm sorry, that is weird. Yeah. I agree with you. So. I had a friend that was like a huge fan of Toto. Huge. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, that was like their band. And I was like, Toto. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I never like, got it. Like, Toto falls in that <laughs> subcategory with like Mr. Mister. Yeah, but I liked Mr. Mister. So do I. So don't, don't I'm, be I'm dissing not, on I'm not, I'm not dissing on them. It's like, they're just, they fall in that category where it's like, you hear their shit and you go... Fuck, that's good. Who was that? That's Mr. Mister? Fuck, yeah. I wouldn't have never guessed. Which was like the stupidest thing for a band. Like, Toto was much better. Yeah, but Mr. Mister? <laughs> Mr. Mister, yeah. Uh, I it just, was the 80s. We got lazy. Yeah. Mr. Mister. Nah, we gotta put another one in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like Hooters. Who the fuck thought of that name for that band? You were like, Hooters? Really? That's a fucking chain restaurant. <laughs> you know? It's just like, thought of that. But it, it was, was a the, good band. It was the instrument that they played, that that weird... Oh, my God. It was called a Hooter. Uh, but why would they name the band that is what I I'm saying. I don't know. Anyways, your number... And we danced. My uh, number three. No, it was always All You Zombies was mine. Because oh, yeah. that was on the other side. Because I had that album. Yeah. It's on the other side. Because it was them and... um. Oh, my God. I can't think of the name of the band. I bought that album and... Uh, Oh, I'll have to think of it. Go ahead. The Outfield. No, my sister had that one, so I didn't have to buy it. Ah, I would just okay. sneak in her room and yeah. you know listen to it when she wasn't home. No, it was the one that did that remake. Oh, my God. It's going to drive me crazy. It was like an odd name for a band, but they did this remake of the 70s song. It was so good, but their whole the whole album was good, but nobody ever listened to them. Yeah. I'll think of it. Go ahead. All right. So my number three is the... Uh, the Fawn Trilogy. Okay. Um, this was the reintroduction of Star Wars to pop culture. Hmm. Um, this, like, at the time, like, you have to remember, this is the early 90s. We were in a dark time as Star Wars fans. There was no Star Wars. Nope. Nothing whatsoever. Nope. And all of a sudden, Bantam Books is going to start publishing th- novels about Star Wars. And the first thing they released was called the Fawn Trilogy. Go ahead. I thought of it. Go. What's the band? Pseudo Echo. Pseudo Echo. Okay. Sorry. It came to me. So, the Fawn Trilogy was three books, clearly. Air of the Empire, Dark Forces Rising. Clearly. (laughs) Clearly. And The Last (laughs) Command. And basically, this... In my opinion, in my opinion, this would have should have been the next trilogy. Ah. Like, if if I would have been in charge of Lucasfilm, like I, as much as I love the the sequel trilogy for the most part, it, I would have found a way to make this canon. I would have found a way to make like I would have modified it. I would have manipulated it, but I would have used this source material because this is this damn good. Hmm. Timothy um, Timothy Zahn, 
who wrote the three books. First off, he creates the character of, of Grand Admiral Thawne, one of the greatest villains in Star Wars history. Ranks right up there with the Emperor. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right up there with the Emperor mm-hmm. Invader. As far as villains <laughs> like, go. Wow. Yeah. Like, he creates this great villain who, like, he's not a, a mustache twirling, like, you know, come to the dark side. No, he's like, I'm, I'm not a, into all that, that horror shit. I look at the art of a culture. I look at somebody's art, and I can tear it apart, and I can figure out how you think. Like, he, he's this, this very thoughtful, manipulative. He's going to use your strengths against you. He's going to find ways to beat you. He's unstoppable. You know, he, he, and he's just this fantastic villain. It also introduces us to Mara Jade, one of the greatest characters in, in the Legends canon that, again... Neat, should, somebody should have found a way to make her part of the act, like actual canon, mm-hmm. um, and and doing these stories would have helped that. Like I, even you can't do. I understand because it takes place five years after the events of Return of the Jedi. You couldn't do it that way. Like as a live action, I would have animated this. Like this would have been animated. This would, but this story has to have been told, in my opinion. Like this is how the Republic was built, and this is how the Republic was solidified and there's so much good in these books and it's like Zon captured like he figured out how our main characters think and how they talk it, it when you read it it felt like star wars like i've read I, you, after these three books like there were other books that were done there were a, a hundred other books that were done the majority of them didn't feel like star wars these three did like you could actually like feel like when you turned the page to go to another scene, you could feel the swipe. <laughs> you know, like I mean, it was just that well done. Like he had the pacing, he had the timing, he he had the characters, he had everything about Star Wars, and he added his own little nuances with the characters that he introduced, and he created something absolutely amazing that as a trilogy should it deserves its place in Star Wars history, especially in official canon, not as a legend. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things like I, I will defend till, till my dying breath as a Star Wars fan. It's one of the greatest things that was ever done for Star Wars, and it brought it back in a way. But only in writing, not movie wise. Right. But it it, it it did like those books, those three books sold so well that other things happened, and it also kind of brought it brought Star Wars back into pop culture in a way. And it allowed, like, it, in many ways, it, it probably led to, like, the re-release, like, with the special editions, which led to the prequel series. You know, mm-hmm. so, like, I, in all honesty, like, that was the first steps and to getting to where we are now in many ways. Mm-hmm. And, again, like, I just, I feel like that those three books... They're so good. They're so well done. They're that they deserve their place in in Star Wars history. Well, that makes me wonder why they're not your number one. Well, you'll see. Okay. All right. I shall see. Yeah. I, I, much like your f- f- favorite soundtrack of all time, I'm sure you know what my number one book of all time is. What? Okay. You're looking at me like. No, I don't well, know. I ain't gonna blurt it out. Okay. What's your number two? Your My number, two, number two, huh? What's your number two soundtrack? My number two soundtrack of all time is singles. 
Okay. Yeah, I know you're a big fan of this. Yeah, not it's like it's my one of my top ten movies. Right. But for some reason, the soundtrack is further higher up. Mostly because at that time I was listening to that kind of stuff, and I saw that movie in the theater. I don't even know how many times when it came out. Yeah. Like I, I can't even count. Right. We would go see it all the time, mainly because I was huge with um, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and stuff yeah. at the time. But if you look at the soundtrack, it's really good because Chris Cornell has a couple songs on it. You got a couple songs from Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins, Jane's Addiction, The Cult, whatever. But the greatest song that's on there is from Mother Love Bone. Yeah. And I don't know, for whoever doesn't know who Mother Love Bone is, Mother Love Bone was the band that was formed before Pearl Jam. The lead singer overdosed, and then Eddie Vedder became their lead singer. So it's it's fantastic. The song is called Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns, and that song is fantastic. It also has Alice in Chains in it. Because who doesn't love Alice in Chains? Yeah. If you don't like Alice in Chains, I don't want to be friends with you. But, I mean, look, that the whole entire soundtrack is just... <laughs> You yeah. can listen to it from beginning to end and not not like a song. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just that good for what well, that was like that '90s um, Seattle stuff that was coming down. I mean, it was, the yeah. movie's in Seattle. So, plus, the movie had great people in it. You know what I mean? So it just it just was really great because they would do live live music. Yeah. You know, and then of course you know you had Pearl Jam in it talking to them and yeah. You know, Matt Dillon with the head being the metal head or the band, you know. Yeah. So it was really good. It was just a good movie. It was a good soundtrack, and I love it. I just love the soundtrack. I listen. I have it on my playlist. I listen to it all the time. You weren't into that stuff, so. No, and I tried. Like I, I tried listening to that soundtrack. Like I, I was like, because I was a time where it was like, okay, this is the music of my life. Like this is what I should be listening to. This is what people. You know, this is grunge. This is where we're going, and it was just like it just never registered with me. You know, but even today, some of the song, the songs that are in it from like um, um, Alice in Chains, and yeah, I mean that was when Pearl Jam was good. Yeah, I hate to say that, and I mean Chris Cornell. I yeah, mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna put it down. Like I get why it's where it's at, especially with you, because you've discussed that movie. Like you and I have discussed that movie and how much that movie means to you. And, like, for me, it just it doesn't register. I hate to say that, because, like, have grunge... Have you watched the movie, though? Yeah, I have. Once. Once, yeah. Yeah, like, in 92. <laughs> I mean, you know. So, I mean, but it, it, it just, it's not there for me. And it's a shame, because, I mean, I get it. I, I And the funny thing is, like, I, like, the one that's next on your list... Registers with me more, but it's a different style of 90s music. How do you music. know? It's, what do you know? You peeking? No. Are you looking on my paper, sir? No, I just know. Then how do you... You don't know. Shut up. Keep going. Do mm. you say it? I'm going to smack you. Okay. Yeah, the movie just had Brandon Lee in it. Would you go on <laughs> with what you were saying? So, I, but I get why it's on your list. And I'm not going to, like... I, I, I don't... I'm not dissing it in any way, shape, or form. It just, for me, it's like one of those things where, like, I spent a lot of time listening to that soundtrack, too, because I had friends who, like, were buying into this, like, hook, line, and sinker, and, like, so this got played a lot at parties I was at and shit, but it just, it just never worked for me for whatever reason. Okay. 
I, I, that's so sad because it was such good stuff. I mean, it is, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not denying that. Like, I'm not denying it's good music. It's just not my music. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was still trying to. Yeah, like, but you like Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, so I mean, like, I, I'm not saying there's not. Ba- there's I'm not, not saying that's on the soundtrack. I'm saying that's long lines of. Yeah, that type of music. Right. Like, there are very few bands from the '90s. Like, like, like I can say, like, I really, really liked them, or like an album is stuck out, like. Pearl Jam 10 is a masterpiece. I'm not going to deny that for a second. And I I love that album. Like it, It's like a fantastic album that, that I owned and I played a lot. Um, to me, Stone Temple Pilots is one of the greatest bands ever. Like Scott Wayland deserves more credit for being one of the greatest lead singers of all time. Like, I... You know, in, in this day and age where, like, you know, Chris Cornell and the way he passed away and Chester Bennington and the way he passed away, and they're much more celebrated as compared to Scott Wayland. Scott Wayland's looked at as a junkie who threw his life away. And the reality is he probably had the exact same problems as those two guys. It's just at the time that he passed away, we weren't nearly as educated about it. Hmm. You know what I mean? And... Like, you look at Scott Whalen's work with Stone Temple Pilots, and you look at what he did with um, the, the fucking band with he had with Slash and those guys. And, I mean, I it's, a, it's amazing work. Like, he's an amazing front man. And I'll never deny that. Like, you know, so, like, one of the few bands that comes out of that era that I, like, really, really like is Stone Temple Pilots. Okay. Oh, I know you don't yeah. really get Because whenever I play it here, you're like... Mm. But yeah, guess. but like like other like other like like other stuff off that sound like like there's a band called the Screaming Trees that are on that soundtrack mm-hmm. like that's a good yeah, song. What is it? Screaming Trees, REM, The Call, Mud yeah. Honey. Yeah, like I wasn't I, really a Mud Honey fan. Yeah, but like there were just there were so many bands that came out of that era that were like I just don't think we're that good. But people like just glommed onto them because they were like, you know. No, I don't think I. I agree with you. There was a, like a lot of like one and two hit people that came yeah. out, and it was like, you're not gonna last. But I mean, the ones that did last, you know, um, I don't know if Jane's Addiction came out in that era, but I mean, that's when I first started noticing Jane's Addiction. Yeah. But they like stand the test of time, you know. Pearl yeah. Jam, yeah, they're still around or whatever, but they're not making good music like they did in the eighties. Soundgarden, I think, continued to make it. Unfortunately, they don't anymore right. or before he did because he went with audio. So I think they were able to carry that on where a lot of bands were just like one and two hits and you're done with that era. Yeah. Like, I always think of like, I remember this guy when I worked in an ambulance and like he was like, Jimmy's Chicken Shack is the greatest band ever. I'm like, who the fuck is Jimmy's <laughs> Chicken Shack? And who names their fucking band Jimmy's Chicken Shack? <laughs> And, like, they were played on the EXO all the time. And I was like, this fucking shit sucks. He's like, they are life. I'm like, okay. They're not Led Zeppelin, my friend. They're not Led Zeppelin, my yeah. friend. I hate to break this to you. Like, he hated, like, like we, we like, I hated working with him because we had just these, these clashes of, like, you know. Cause I'm like, yeah, I, I want to listen to some Led Zeppelin. I want to listen to some, you know, some rock and roll. He's like, fuck that shit. How old are you, man? I'm like, the same oh age God. as you. <laughs> I just like music. I just like music. Yeah. So well, yeah, I I know a lot of people that are like grunge, grunge. 
Yeah, but if you dug and you found, like, I mean, I went to a Lollapalooza one time. I got to see Pearl Jam, I got to see Soundgarden, then I got to see Temple of the Dog. And you can't, you yeah. just can't. Like, that, that te- there's no, Temple of the Dog, like, that that album, that's fucking amazing. Yeah, that's one of the yeah. greatest albums ever made. But, like, to that, and I'm like, so if you're going to, you can't say uh, grunge, because that came out of grunge. Right. They created that right. from grunge. Like, I, 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 right, I agree with you. Like, I mean, it has its place. It's just, it's, like, funny, like, it's, like, I think the thing I hold against grunge is the fact that it took away the music I love. Yeah. Like, it just, like, there was no room for the stuff I liked anymore. It was, like, it was either grunge or it was nothing. Yeah. You know, it was, like, you couldn't have fun with music anymore. That's not true. That is not true. It is true. I mean, because if you think about it, Duran Duran made their comeback around that time. Right. With the wedding album. Yeah. So, no, that was around. You know what I mean? So there was other stuff that was around. Right, but... but Metallica yeah. was big then. You know what I mean? Well, that was whenever they were huge. Metallica's not a fun band, though. Like, no, I'm, 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 but I'm, I'm saying, you're saying grunge took over, where, no, you still could find the cracks and find where all this other music still existed. Right, but, like, it the band... It was, like, at the top, but it's still... But the bands that I was listening to and continue to listen to, The Poisons, The Death Leopards, Motley Crue continued on just because they're Motley Crue, like, but... Bon Jovi, like all that stuff that I listened to, like as a kid growing up, it was like you can't listen to that anymore. What the fuck's wrong with you? This is horseshit. Yeah, but if you think about Look, it this way, I, grunge went down just as fast as it went up. Too. Yeah, it did. So it didn't really stick that long. Right. But there were bands that did. Right. I, I agree. Through that. Yeah. You know, Nirvana and all them. But yeah. but in the meantime, like it did take down. Like, oh, I'm not arguing know. at the time when they were. It was at the height. Yes, absolutely. Like, even but they were still out there. But even today, I went to see Metallica during the grunge right, era. Right, I understand that. But like, my point is like, even today, like, it, grunge changed music to a point that like to this day, like nobody does guitar solos. Yeah, that's not true though. You can find people that still do a guitar solo here and there. They're few and far. Yeah. Like like the day of the great guitar hero. I know. Like the great guitarist who was like this legendary. Yeah. Like he could take over a show for ten to fifteen yeah. minutes. Like your 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 Jimmy Pages, your Eddie Van Halens, you know the CC Devilles, like all those type of guys. That, like Don Dawkins, like all these guys who were like these great guitarists. Gone by the wayside. Oh, you forgot to mention Chris DeGarmo. Chris DeGarmo. I'm sad by that. Yeah. Well, it's also the same thing with the drummers. Oh, yeah. Because you know, remember, there was that there was that one CD of Linkin Park, and the, um, Rob did a drum solo, and you're like, I wonder what he had to do to get that on oh, yeah. the like, CD. Oh, yeah. Like, whose dick did he have yeah, to suck? to get that drum solo, because yeah. it was so good yeah. that he put it on there. Yeah. Because, like, st- again, like, stuff like that, because you don't see that anymore. No. Like, you go to concerts now... With like modern bands, and it is like it's just you know boom 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 boom. Like there yeah. there is there is no moment where like the rest of the band leaves and the guitarist just takes over for ten to fifteen minutes. Right. Yeah. You know there is no moment where the drummer like you get a ten minute drum solo. Yeah. Like that that shit has gone the way of the dodo, and <laughs> it, it has. And part of it is because it, it, it's because of like grunge. Mm. Grunge took that away, and like you know after grunge it was like you I, know I get that, but I'm not going to be angry at grunge because I think a lot of good things came out of that era and things I still listen to. Right. So I get that I mean, as well. Mainly this movie singles that I watch at least once a year. Right. Not twice. Right. So I, I'm not going to be angry at it, but I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. So. Number two. My number two book of all time. Lightning by Dean Koontz. Dean Koontz? 
Yeah. You've actually read a Dean Koontz book? I've read several Dean Koontz books. I have like a whole entire box filled with Dean Koontz books, and you're like, eh. No. Do we really have to take these with us when we move? I never said that. I'm like, well, it's Dean Koontz. Yes, we do. I tried to get you the Read Lightning, and you've never read it. I bought it for you. <laughs> it's not because I don't want to read. It's because right now I don't have time to read. Right. I, I bought it for you 16 years ago, dear. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but anyway. The, <laughs> This this is a like like Dean Dean Koontz is always like he he always gets like that disclaimer of like being like Stephen King light. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like he puts out a bunch of shit. A lot of it's the supernatural and based or something yes. like that. Yes. But it's like he's like Stephen King light. Yeah. Well. Well, he's really good though. He is. He's very good. And to me, Lightning is his masterpiece, in my opinion. Really? Really? I have to read it because I think he's done better. The whole the, the whole point of lightning is it's. A, I mean, I think he's done. I don't know. Right. I'm not comparing it to that. Right. But the the point of light, the, like the story of lightning is about this girl, who. She has this guardian angel throughout her life. Anytime she's in mortal danger, horrible danger, like from the day that she was born, this guardian angel shows up to protect her. Okay. Well, it turns out, <laughs> he's a Nazi. From World War Two, who's traveling through time? Like the, during World War Two, the Nazis figured out time travel, but you can only go forward. Oh, you can't go in the past; you can only go forward. So, like Hitler is sending all these people into the future to find out what happens during World War Two and report back to him, so that he can figure out where he went wrong, or what he did right, and make sure that the Nazis win. Oh, okay. Well. This guy, who's part of this, reads this book by this woman. She's in a wheelchair. Well, he does. This, he studies her life, and he finds that the whole reason she's in a wheelchair is because the doctor who delivered her was drunk. Huh. So he goes back in time to when she was born, which would be forward in time for him, mm-hmm. and stops the doctor so that somebody else has to deliver, deliver her, and she's not paralyzed. Wow. You know, and it's it, heavy. Yeah, and like so, like he changes her life forever, but he carries this book with her. Like, like it's like this very interesting story where like it deals with like one his love for her, but two the ramifications of what he's doing, changing the future, and like how this is gonna like going back and dealing with the fact that you know he's a Nazi. <laughs> You know, yeah. he, he doesn't believe in it anymore. Like it's a, it's like this really great book that like takes time travel and really plays with it in a very interesting way. And I really like this. Like it's like it's like the story I always wish they had made into a movie because it seemed like it would be perfect for a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and for whatever reason, like Dean Koontz books never get made into movies, and the ones that do really really suck. Yeah. You know, that's an important look at you, strangers. Yeah. <laughs> That was fucking awful. <laughs> you were like, I'm looking at you, strangers. <laughs> I think it had Corey Haim in it. That's how bad that fucking movie is. It has Corey fucking Haim in it. God almighty, don't, don't be disappointed. And, and in the book, there's no place for a guy named Corey Haim in that fucking book. <laughs> Should have never been in there. Anyway. But any, but so like th- th- this book, I, I would highly recommend it. It's a, just a phenomenal book um, that, like, I read when I was a teenager, 
and it stuck with me. It's like a book. Like I haven't read it in a long time. I'd really like to sit down and read it again because it's it's that good, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it, but it was one of those books. Like for a long time, like through like the nineties, I would read it once a year. Wow! Like just because I loved it that much, and I loved the story that much, you know. So that's my number two. Wow! Yeah, that was deep. <laughs> that was deep and. What was the other word I used? Heavy. Heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking a word out of Morty McFly's I was just going to say, is, is there a problem with gravity <laughs> so, in the yeah, future? Speaking of time travel, yeah. <laughs> it's heavy. Oh, I got my pen stuck. So why don't you regale us with your number oh, one? Oh, you already know what it is. Yes. The, go, ahead and, go ahead and say it anyway. It's a. Uh... It should be everybody's number one. But whatever. Uh, the number one is, of course, The Crow. That's right. That's right. Because The Crow has your Stone Temple Pilots in it. Also The Cure, Violent Femmes, Nine Inch Nails, Pantera. And it also has It Can't Rain All the Time. It does. Which is like amazing song. That is. Yeah. So. I don't know whatever happened to that woman. I don't know. She made her one voice was like. And it worked an so like, and it worked so well in that it did. that song and that movie. It really did. And the good thing about the crow too, and I know I had them. I don't know if I still have them. There was not only the soundtrack that had the music. There was also the orchestra, uh, yeah. uh, the orchestra, whatever that. What do you yeah. call that? The the um the orchestral soundtrack. Yes, which was fantastic as well. It, it was, and it also had like that that. Guitar solo he plays yes, on the roof. That, yes. Yeah, that's on there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's like two for one. Yeah. I ha- I do have that upstairs. And I used to... I don't know whatever happened to yeah. mine. I don't. Because if you remember, the fir- the one with the music on it was black with the crow on it. And the yeah. other one was white with the crow on yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. I wonder whatever happened to mine. Mm. But yeah, it's just... there. It's fantastic. And of course, the, the movie itself is, I think... Um, underrated it's so sad that like I know a lot of people I'm like I'll reference the crow and they'll be like what the hell is that and I'm like yeah. seriously you don't know what the crow is like really what rock do you live under yeah yeah I mean but you can't say good, enough good uh, enough good things about that cause you it, just you have to watch it yeah I mean it's it's one of those things where like I, I always find it interesting like James O'Barr um, he he picked the songs for that soundtrack. No, well, he picked good ones because they all because work. Like in the comic book, he was using song lyrics mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like to accentuate moments. Mm-hmm. And so, like to for for him, music is important to this story, particularly right. this story. Right. And so, like with when they did the movie, he insisted that he have control over the soundtrack. And what music was being used in it, and you know, he he, he tells it like if you go back and you read the comic, the comic book is a bit of a mess, but it tells it like there's so much good that comes from that comic book, and so much of it actually gets translated onto the screen very very well, and uh, you know it's like one of those things where it's just like you know Brandon Lee is so good in it, and you know it's just it's, it's a great movie, and you. You're right. It doesn't get appreciated enough by no, it by doesn't. like by people of our age. It does. It resonates very very heavily. I don't know about that because I know a lot of people my age that are like I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. 
there's a lot of people I know that it does resonate with. And there are other people who are like, you know, I'll, I'll like just say something like, you know, well, it can't rain all the time. And they just look at me like, the fuck does that mean? Yeah. I'm like, really? Yeah, it's like the same thing with me. I'll be like, stay golden. And they'll look at me like, what does that mean? Never mind. I understand. I know what it's from. I'm just like shocked by that because it seems like that's a movie that every... Every sixteen-year-old girl say, watched. Stay and, pony boy. They look at you like, "What the hell's a pony boy?" Yeah. Really? I'm not your friend anymore. I do that all the time. You ask people at work, I'll reference stuff, and they'll be like, "What is? That? I can't be your friend anymore." Like nobody watches Star Wars at my job. I, I don't even know why I associate with them. <laughs> Shocking. I know. They all call me the nerd. Well, I can tell you now, they would hate my number one book then. Well. I'm. Do I get to guess? Since you guessed mine, sure. Is it the Ahsoka Tano book? No. Because mm, you said they would hate it because they don't like Star Wars. Wow, you really don't know me. Don't this know, hurts. I really don't know what kind of books you read up in your room. Ready Player One. Oh yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about that one. Wow. That would be in my top five, too. Yeah. It wouldn't be number, number one, obviously, because of my yeah. love of V.C. Andrews, but that would definitely be in my top five. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I have your cousin to thank for that one. Yeah. Because I didn't even know it existed. Well, it wasn't even Ian. It, it was Lisa. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Lisa right. was the one yeah. who insisted we yeah. read this. Yeah. I, th- I have nothing but, like, kudos for her for introducing yeah. me to that. Too bad they shit all over it with the movie. But I'll disagree with you completely on that. No, I, I, mm-mm, mm-mm. I can't. I, I know that was not weighed. the The whole thing was screwed up. No, uh, uh-uh. they I'm gonna, shit all over that book with that movie. I, I agree with you. It's not. It's not the. It's not the book. It's not I, the movie I wanted from the book. Right, I get that. But just talking about the book for a minute. Okay. Stay, staying away from the movie and the controversy it's going to create in this household. <laughs> It, I'm not going to tell you it's the best written book of all time. I'm not going to tell you it's the most original book of all time. But the story that's being told and the way that it's told, yes, it's nostalgia. Yeah. I'm not going to deny oh, that for a second. And it, it's it, our childhood, so right. that's why we resonate but with it, it so much. It, it, hit, it hit home in such a way with so many of the little references and the little things yes. that... That they talk about that that comes up and like it, it's just it's one of those things where it just it absolutely positively hit home for me in a way that n- no other book ever has and like I I you know I I can't I can't we've discussed it a lot on this this show and people are like oh Ready Player One again here we go but. Fuck! It's it's just it's it's that good in my opinion. Like I I love that book that much. Oh, I love that book too. You know, it's a great read. Yeah, and it just it hit home. And, and everybody I know that reads, I tried to get them to read that book, and they won't. And I'm like, okay, you got to read this book. Forget that they made a movie. Please read the book. Yeah, and I, and I I think the, the the part part of it is it's like there's so many little nuances like discussing like you know going like Zork like you had to have played Zork. You know, I played Zork on a Commodore 64, which they reference constantly. Yeah, I never played it, but I, I knew friends that did play it. I yeah. watched them play it. You know, and, and, and stupid shit like, 
you know, at one point he's talking about like the Lady Hawk soundtrack plays because he's in he's in the room and it's like you know one of those things where you're just like oh wow I remember that I can hear it in my head right now like it's just all these little references that you know I'm gonna wear the Buckaroo bonsai suit and I'm like I'm like shit that would be awesome like there's so much stuff that goes on in that book that you're just the references and the little things like the story that's being told is a good story it's not the most original. But it's still, it's a fun story. But it's like all the other little things that go into it that make it hit home for me. Yep. Yes, it's nostalgia. I'm not going to deny it for a second. But it's still, it just drives it home for me in a way that no other book ever has. Including like his follow-up Armada. It's a good story. It's not that original. But it wasn't nearly as good as Ready Player One. No. You know. Yeah. And I just like it, I don't want to say it disappointed me because it, it didn't, but it did in a way because like I wanted Ready Player One Part Two. Yeah. Yes. You know, I thought okay, you're going to give me Ready Player One Part Two, and that wasn't what I got. And well, now he's writing Ready Player Two, so yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm a little sad that um, my one of my favorite books is in, in your list because it was a book you introduced me to. What book was that? The Watchmen. I wanted to stay away from comic books. That's not a comic book. I know. I thought about it. I really did. I thought about Watchmen. It. it I, I. I mulled over Watchmen for a very long time. Um. Because I could, thought I could justify it because it was on Times Top 100 Books of the 20th Century. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe that's enough. But I thought no. I just I want to stay away from anything that's illustrated. Well, I have a couple audible mentions. Okay. One I think you'll appreciate. Okay. Um, I'll start at the bottom because I have four. Uh, Legends of the Fall because the the music in that is just beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Never Been Kissed, but that's only because there's a couple fun songs on there that I was introduced to that I like. Okay. Uh, Breakfast Club because, again, yeah. 80s. And the one that you'll appreciate, Guardians of the Galaxy because it does have a lot of good music on it. Yeah. Yeah. One and two, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The first one won the second, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely I mean, the first one. If I had to pick between the two, I'd say the first one. Yeah. But the second one still has a lot of fun music. But. Yeah. But, you know, just honorable mentions. Right. And it's funny because it. it's like, here's what's funny about that. It's like, so, like, James Gunn goes and makes this amazing movie, according to the Galaxy. And he has this amazing soundtrack. And, like, all the, like, the lead up to it was, like, with, like, this, all this, like, music. You're like, holy fuck. You know? And then after that, here comes Suicide Squad. And (laughs) they tried to do the same fucking thing. They failed on that. And you know what? I thought about that because, you know, Suicide Squad and, you know, whatever. But it was like, you had one of the greatest musical artists in the fucking movie. You think you let him contribute to the fucking soundtrack. And they didn't. The only thing he got to do was stand on a boat in somebody's fucking music video as the Joker just standing there. Like, dumbest fucking shit ever. Like, I never understood the, the thought process behind that soundtrack. I just I just thought it was funny because it was like, you know, you had Ballroom Blitz as the one uh, trailer. And then there was like another song and another one. Like, like they were like trying to like hit that same kind of vibe as Guardians of the Galaxy, and they didn't get it right. And then now James Gunn is doing The Suicide Squad. <laughs> so I'm intrigued to see what he does with the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I just, it just, I don't know. That whole soundtrack made me mad. I was like, because no, I mean, not only did you have 
somebody that musical in your mu- you know he has connections and right. you know he can get you other great music why would they but, not capitalize on that but on the, on the other they got shit music but on the other side of that though that is the soundtrack that didn't introduce you to 21 Pilots Technically, no. Okay. My daughter introduced me to 21 Pilots. Okay. So, because Miranda was, my niece was always talking about it. But then my daughter was like, it's really good. You should listen to it. And then I was like, oh, that's, but you like that, that song. that's in that movie. I didn't know okay. that was 21 Pilots, though. Okay. Until Brittany was like, yeah. Mom, that's 21 Pilots. I could have. like, oh, oh, I do want to hear other stuff they have then because yeah. I was, that's a really good. I didn't know that was them. I could have swore you, like, when we were in the theater, like, the second time we saw it, you were trying to, like. Because that by that time, I really, okay. that I, she had told me who it was. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, oh my God, it's 21. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Yeah, to see that song live is really good, too. I didn't. You wouldn't think. Yeah. But, I mean, their whole entire concert was awesome but I was like eh. and they played like some of the they put some of the pictures on the background so yeah. it was really nice alright so let's uh let's wrap this bitch up and dip our tiny old mailbag this bitch this bitch and we only got one email of course it's from our good friend superfan Thad oh boy Thad alright said hello my two favorite hosts who are practicing social distancing by standing three feet away when you watch each other pee Yuck. And it's, we're spo- I have no words. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm speechless. It, we should be six feet away, first off, not three feet. Yeah. And, um, I, that's what threw me. Yeah. I was like, three, yeah. no, six. Why, why we, and, you know, at three feet away, I'm, there's a good chance I'm going to get something on my shoe. Yeah, I, I would hate to have this splash. Yeah. Yeah. You said you were not touching. When you start touching each other, the listeners want the hot and steamy gossip. I would love to. No, no. No. Uh, well, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while, my friend. Are you guys doing anything the past time? Are either of you quarantined at home? Oh, no, no, we're not quarantined at home, but I will be working from home. I wish I was. Yeah. I am. Lock my ass up for two weeks. I am going to Target and taking all the red buggies, and I'm leaving them in random places. I even took one and left it in Tim's driveway. Fuck you, Thad. He must see all my posts. He must. He must see your posts on Facebook. (laughs) He really must. My rants about the carts. Yeah, whenever you have that job, you be ranting too. (laughs) Do yourself a favor if you go to Target, take the buggy back. Do yourself that. Or even just put it in In the the corral. If you put it in the corral, Nancy's fine. That's all I ask. Yeah. Or if you only have one bag, don't take it out of the building. Yeah. Like, I don't understand these people. They leave them in the middle of the door. You literally pass the cart return, and you're putting it in the middle of the door. Like, that makes no sense to me. They're a bunch of douche nozzles. Don't get me started on that. Fuck you, Thad. (laughs) I've been in Buffalo for six weeks. I hope I did not catch... Wow, no. I have to say the Buffalo wings are better there and much hotter. Man, my asshole was burning. Wow. Jeez. No, we're not talking about that. (laughs) Pass, pass, pass. I found out last night the only thing worse than waking up five times to pee is sleeping right through it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Why? Because he peed the bed? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> or he woke up and his bladder was screaming. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he woke up damp. <laughs> they make these things called depends. Yeah. <laughs> we sell them at Target, by the way. Yeah. And if you get them, make sure you put your buggy in the corral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As I'm saying buggy, I need to... Uh, buggy means cart. <laughs> shopping cart. Your shopping cart. That's Pittsburghies. I'm going to get the buggy. <laughs> I'm going to get the buggy. Yeah. I don't call them buggies. I call them carts. Yeah, I call them buggies. Okay, time to go. Platypus is watching Fifty Shades of Grey. And he's running my leg. I bet I get pegged tonight. Wow. Another awful movie made from a book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be my next ten five, my top five. <laughs> top top five worst movies based upon books. Yes, we're gonna have a top five of worst, top five of good. That top five of good is gonna be tough. Watchmen will be at number one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I already gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> no surprise there, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, is there anything you like to add to the proceedings, dear? No. Um. No, just everybody stay safe. Indeed. Be careful. Yep. Keep your six feet away from me or I freak. Keep six feet away. Stay home. Yeah, you can do that too, you know. There is a at-home order for a reason. Please stay home. Us essential employees are paranoid as it is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, remember there are a number of different ways you can reach out and touch us. (laughs) <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's via email. <laughs> yeah, you can do it through the uh, yeah, internet. Uh, through the internets. It's a series of tubes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not unlike hamster cages. Yeah. <laughs> you can send us an email like Thad does every single fucking week. <laughs> you would be lost without his. I, I would, yes. Like How the, come the, you never get suggestions about it? If you want to read or all of Thad's email. Because I don't want to do that to people. But you were. For a long time, yes. And I started to feel bad about it. Like I was like putting a plague upon the earth. Why? Well, yeah. He does that. Yeah. Um, was there anybody that actually did request? Oh, there are a few people who do get the emails. That's so gross. Yeah. Why? I have no Why idea. Why would you want to read that filth? They must watch porn, too. I watch porn. I don't want to read that <laughs> filth. I don't want to know what you're doing in your room. <laughs> Since I was doing it in the room. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> god. If you do that on the TV, I'll be so mad. Anyway. <laughs> 70 inch TV, I gotta take advantage of that. <laughs> oh god. Oh, I'm taking it up to my room. I'm gonna have all three TVs in my room eventually. There's two in there already. You can send us an email like Thad does. That email address is pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. We're very easy to find. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. And remember, we are a member of a number of podcasting networks. Uh, you can find us on the Tangent Bound Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Danger Entertainment Network. Uh, just give them a Google search, and you'll find all the other great podcasts that they have to offer. And lastly, as always, I want to thank you, the listener, for checking us out each and every week. Uh, we Why do you do that? I don't know. He it's points toward thing. the microphone when he says that. You, the listener. You, the listener. <laughs> we can't thank you enough for each and every week for checking us out and taking the time to enjoy our hijinks and shenanigans. It greens a great deal. And hopefully, 
uh, during these trying times, you're finding our hijinks and shenanigans that much more enjoyable. Shit. Helping you out at least for an hour and a half a day. <laughs> an hour and a half a day. One day a week. <laughs> hey, this is free entertainment, people. Yeah. You're bored. <laughs> Tell a friend. Yeah, they're all watching that Netflix special yeah. right now. Yeah, they're all watching the fucking Tiger King. <laughs> Who the fuck is Joe Exotic? That's what I want to know. We're going to find out. I'm not. We're going to Google that. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. I have no interest. You'll be watching. I'm... We, we love that true crime. Right now. No, well, now that I know Showtime's free, I'm going to be up there watching Shameless now. Okay. On that note, <laughs> <laughs> the dreamer has awakened. Adios.